Here we go. Happy Friday once again. It's January 22nd, believe it or not. What the hell is happening? This year's on Fast Forward. Um, got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Mac, we're about 10 days from rolling out the biggest platform update of ours or any generation. <laughs> hey, this is the final countdown. It's the final countdown. I That should be our theme music. We, we should work on that. I need to work out reach out to oh crap who sings the final countdown you're uh, blanked on the name if you hadn't asked me yeah I, I think we need to make sure it's in the show notes though okay we'll work on that um sorry guys we'll have better music for you next time maybe fingers crossed um okay what are we talking about today so we're gonna dive into taking programs online and what goes into it the steps things to think yeah. about I think this is like down in the weed stuff today I mean this is as I mentioned to you I think and this is nice kind of coming off of the episode the other week where we were kind of talking about customer or client journeys and we're kind of setting ourselves up for the big launch here. We're, you know, the new kind of program builder and everything you're going to be able to do in the new system. And one thing that's really come up for me and my calls over the past few weeks has really been the actual steps to go from, Hey, I've got a, I'm a coach. I have a program to actually packaging it up nicely in a way that really you can take online. And I think that, seems like something that may seem elementary or basic, but you would be shocked and amazed at how many conversations I have where people have just a library of spreadsheets laying around or a library of PDFs. And then it's maybe there's some links here, maybe there's a URL here. And really we have to think about packaging so we can take it online. And I know some of these resources may already be online, but I mean like an online program. Yeah. So I'm actually, the more I think about this, not as shocked to hear that this is a constant thing that keeps coming up <laughs> as far as the challenges here. Um, because I can just sort of imagine myself a uh, coach or, you know, just person who wants to coach who's mm -hmm. been, you know, forming this program probably in PDFs or long form written content form um, forever. And then just sits down to start the task of breaking it up um, for kind of online remote delivery, delivery through our app, for example. Um, I could see that just leading to major, like our, our version of writer's block or choice paralysis, or what's the first step. And like that just being kind of overwhelming. So I think, I think this ought to be helpful to dive in and, and kind of break apart some of the pieces. Um, and it makes sense. Cause I'm, if you're first getting started, you think about like, what's the minimum viable product, right? As you think about like, if you're a coach just getting started, maybe you signed your first client and you're like, oh crap, I, I have to find a good elegant way to start getting them like the, the content of my program. You're probably doing some pretty raw things to get started, right? You're probably just manually sending them emails. Maybe you've thrown up some PDFs on like Google Docs or something like that. Maybe you're texting occasionally, you've probably got some raw pieces out there. And I think I, I had a conversation with somebody about this the other day. I think because, or no, we talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago too, is we're in 2021 now. There are systems like Peloton, Mir, Tonal, you, you name them. It, we have to up our game in 2021. You know, the, <laughs> what consumers expect from an online experience has completely evolved over the past five years. And I think the days of having an incredibly fragmented raw offering like that I don't know if consumers will take it anymore. Yep. yep. And the kind of 
with the kind of fueled by the growth of the whole creator economy, more and more people get into coaching their expertise. Um, the bar will get raised a little bit in terms of the experience yep. for sure, even beyond kind of where it already is. So the days of maybe hacking together email sequences and Facebook groups and stuff like that mm-hmm. might be over for your actual client experience. Um, I think we can go beyond that. Let's graduate today. Yeah. And I think, so here, here's a little bit of a, some context for everybody and hopefully this resonates with everybody. A lot of coaches we work with, and I'm seeing this a lot from our end because I, anyone who doesn't know this, I work close with our white label partners who have gone through implementation. And right now we're kind of getting everybody ready for the transition to the new system. But a lot of partners come from creating very detailed plans and personalized plans for clients. A lot of spreadsheets. I'm seeing a lot of spreadsheets right now. So just if you're someone doing that, be, you know, hope, feel, hope you feel better. A lot of people are in that same boat right now. Um, but ultimately the whole idea is like, how do you go from being, hey, I have this 10 tab million cell calculation spreadsheet. How do I kind of go from here to something that is a scalable program online? Because I think that can be a daunting step for some people. And I'm seeing it with some of our partners right now that have a handful of different programs, but ultimately it all kind of starts or weaves into some kind of master spreadsheet they have. And obviously we all see here, not scalable, not some, you know, we need to graduate past that. But so there are a lot of little pieces we have to start thinking about how do we kind of bring them together and package them. And I know we were joking before this of like a fancy acronym that would really cover this process. And would you say we failed miserably or failed somewhat? I think someone fell on their face somewhere in the process for sure. So, all right, let's just put this out there. So, all right, we're, we're talking about elements of this, like the content, how do you package your content? Accountability, how do you build a like client-friendly way of keeping people on track? Um, and what was the Communic- other one? Communication. Communication. So... It was going to be hard to open the podcast and say, all right, we're talking about our method for taking uh, programs online, the CAC method. I think we would have gotten some, maybe some interesting comments in the feed. (laughs) That is also an acronym for customer acquisition costs, which it's been taken. It's been taken. We can't use that one. So the, the fourth one, which we, part of the issue with the acronym exercise was that we didn't really have a good single word to kind of outline this. And it was really around like, process organ it was really kind of how all this weaves together and that's an important yeah. fact or important detail but i don't know if integration is the right word whatever uh, so it all we, comes together in the workflow oh, yeah. they, there are too many words for it maybe our problem but you get the, the fourth, idea weave it all together fourth, in the end the fourth layer here we don't have an actual word for so if you have an idea let us know because we're open to it so we've got yep. content accountability communication and something to do with the way all that weaves together. And we just the don't fourth element. It sounds very, fourth element. there we go. We'll call it the fourth element. So, and I think we, like I said, we're just touching a little bit on it with the content piece. And I think that this is where a lot of people are probably still really reliant on, like I said, PDFs, multitude of PDFs kind of floating out there and thinking about, okay, when you onboard a client right now, how, how are, you know, what's the process in which clients are accessing these resources? Are you just, you know, did you build in an automated email sequence and you're just kind of dropping links in? Um, I still know a lot of partners we work with that use Google Docs or Dropbox. So really what, 
what is the ideal solution there? How do we make that elegant? How do we, what, what is kind of, where should we be graduating in 2021? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. For, this is probably where most of the initial pause is coming from in terms of figuring out how to transition. Cause I think when you're, when you're packaging a program that's going to be sequential and someone's going to go mm -hmm. through over time, I think the, the first big task is to break up the content into bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and that on its own might feel overwhelming, but that could be the first kind of piece of the process, right? Okay, you got this big glob of content. Mm -hmm. How do we start breaking this up into digestible, actionable pieces? Those would be kind of the two sides of it. Shrink it, make it still actionable. What's the like minimum actionable element of content that you can put together, I guess, something, something like that. There's probably an acronym there too. And here's something that inadvertently all, almost all coaches fall victim of when they're first getting started is putting all their focus on written content for the most part. And unfortunately, not everyone, not everyone will really resonate with just written content. And I think that's where it's an easy place to start and it's very approachable and I see why people start there, but it's one of those things where I think in some cases video can be so much more effective and we're seeing it in, you know, in, in a lot of digital trends around marketing and you see all the stats around like social media and engagement with, with video. And I think that's kind of where the world's going at this point. And I think for a lot of coaches or a lot of people in general may not feel comfortable being on video at first. So that's where they kind of stay kind of in their safety in their little, um, you know, safety um, kind of sandbox, if you will. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I think it's so important to get to a point where you're touching people and reaching people in different ways and not just through the same medium. So that would be my one thing as we're thinking about kind of graduation of content here for 2021. I would think about expanding and taking into account some other channels. Good example, we've had a couple of partners we work with that create that started podcasts because they wanted to provide additional value to their clients and then what ultimately happened is they actually built a podcast audience but it's one of those things where you need to be thinking about reaching your clients in other ways because written content is not going to resonate with everyone the same way yeah absolutely i mean there's an element of continuing the building of trust you kind of want to dip back into that every now and then for sure, if you can in the program um, and with, you know, more and more elegant ways to deliver programmatic content and these steps along the journey, um, like cards within the nudge coach system as it's coming out um, here in a handful of days, um, you know, drop a short video in, you get your face in front of people yet again, reinforce the connection, doubling down. And also, I mean, you'll find like, so one of the things we're going through just to relate this to like our day-to-day -day right now, we're writing out these kind of starter kits for new people who sign up for the system that really are walking people through how you do all the stuff, like all the stuff you can do with the Nudge Coach platform, which might be a new way of thinking about delivering a coaching program for a lot of people who see it. Um, written out, it is a hell of a lot of material but in short little video snippets, you know, we could knock out good chunks of it just in really well-written one minute videos. Um, yes. So it can really change the feel of it, how, how kind of arduous the process feels to break it up um, and deliver it in through different modes of communication mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think ultimately 
if I'm thinking about kind of optimal content or kind of the ideal experience in 2020, as you're thinking about kind of, you know, maturing your program um, would be kind of a combination of, you know, if you, if you want to think about it kind of in our system where these new cards will be delivered, or if you're still using email, whatever works for you, um, having kind of that combination of, you know, with any, any bit of content you're sharing, allowing a person to consume it in multiple ways. So having, having it like the written summary with maybe a 60 second video of you walking through it or multi-minute video of you walking through it and maybe just the ability to, for a person to listen to the soundbite even. So that's where I think having the ability for a person to engage with you in multiple ways, reaching them in multiple ways that allows you to engage in different customer types and personas, which I think, like I said, I get it when you're first starting out, it's, Hey, do what you can to get your offering together. This is the year to start maturing, making sure you're thinking about kind of more of a, a well-rounded experience. So, yeah, and it's more than just personas too, which is like, great. Start thinking about personas, how people like to, you know, absorb their information, but literally like day to day, I might want to absorb content in a different way because of, you know, where I am in that moment. So yeah. I have five minutes before my next meeting. I really want to see what this is about. I'm going to watch that one minute video. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm waking up on Sunday morning. My, the rest of my family isn't awake yet. I can read this and, and kind of yeah. enjoy it with a cup of coffee. I'm the same person, but I'm in different places in my own life when I kind of yeah. confront that content. Um, so, you know, I, we marketers, like I am guilty of being, um, like to simplify things and, and put them into buckets in really neat ways, but keep in mind just through your own experience, just imagine your own experience and, you know, take that as a lesson. Mm -hmm. You don't always just want one way of, of absorbing something and, and mm -hmm. one way is not always the most convenient for you at any given time. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I think you touched on it too. We're important to kind of break the content up into digestible bits, allow you to engage people in different ways through it. And I think it's a great example that you, you, you're the same person, but on different days, maybe different scenarios for why you want to consume it in different ways. So something to think about as we're going in 2021. The uh, next one we had on here was the accountability piece. And this is the one I think really, um, this is where I think a lot of friction points lie because like I said, I, I can think of a handful of partners we're working with right now that have very complex, um, and I see it probably in nutrition a lot more than I see it around other types of coaching, but very complex spreadsheets to calculate maybe, you know, macro inputs or um, caloric requirements for certain clients. And, and I think it sometimes can be really difficult to go from, hey, this really complex spreadsheet to, um, you know, how do, how do you scale that over time? And I think it's a, it's a tough question, but keep in mind when you're thinking about accountability, I'm just going to use nutrition for an example. There are extremes. Yes, you could have a person journal every single thing they put in their body, the other extreme though, and things are to think about are simply asking a person a yes, no question each day. Hey, did you follow the program or protocol? Or um, even thinking about it in nutrition, you could do something if you need a little bit more detail than that. Hey, you know, servings of food group or something. I'm saying all this just to, just to start putting ideas out there that don't think to, from a tracking standpoint, you know, keep in mind, the more you have a client track, the more likely you are to get them to have them kind of get fatigued. And I think once you kind of get to that point, a, um, when it becomes more work to actual, to actually log or journal information, um, then the actual act they're journaling is 
when it really becomes a problem. So, (laughs) so I think it's something that if regardless of the type of coach you are, keep in mind when you're thinking about kind of client journaling or accountability or them acknowledging compliance, whatever you want to call it, just remember, you can still create really simple tracking experiences for clients that aren't arduous are really easy for them to get through. It's like simple yes, no questions or multiple choice questions. Don't think your only option is full journaling, because if you, if you expect that your I think the lifetime of that client with you is going to be pretty limited. Yeah. A spreadsheet, not always a great client experience. Um, just one way to put it. Um, you, I think you, you actually said the best way of framing it though. If the act of tracking it is more arduous than actually changing the behavior, you're basically mm-hmm. asking them to change the behavior twice. And the second one is even worse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if the goal is habit change, which a lot of times it really should be, you know, the process is worth more in the end than, than the goal, even because if they learn the process, it's like compound interest, right? It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, you know, making that accountability piece of it, which is really just the checking of the box, right? Um, easier to swallow, to keep up with. It pays you back in terms of, you know, your own ability to keep, you know, monitoring your clients in a, in a good, useful way quickly. Um, but also, you know, your clients are going to get sick of you if you're asking too much of them on a long-term basis. So funny enough, this, this happens occasionally. I'm sure it happens a lot of customers. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear, um, or I'll see, um, or hear from clients where they'll say like, you know, I tried using a remote coaching platform or an online coaching platform, whether it's nudge or another one. And, and my clients didn't like it. Usually, the first thing that hits me because for every one of those, I hear 10 coaches that are doing it really well and that have a great experience they've created. The ones that I think don't are, and I haven't looked at this. I just kind of want to put this out there because I have a feeling this is the case are probably the ones that created terrible experiences for their clients. And that's the reason their clients didn't like it. Um, Because like I said, for each one of those coaches, there's probably 10 I hear that like, Hey, this revolutionized my business. My clients love it. This is great. And you, you have to remember that just because you have a complex protocol and you have someone following does not mean you need them to actually track every component from their end. There's simple ways you can understand and, and track ad- adherence and compliance. Really keep that in mind that just um, that that is not something that has to be kind of one to one or it's a little bit different. Just think about what you're what you're asking of your client from a work perspective. Yeah. The continuum example you gave at the beginning is just awesome too. I mean, yeah, you could be down in the weeds with like literally calorie tracking, which is counting every little single thing that goes in your body. And like, there's a lot of times like searching and math involved, not necessarily something you always want to drop on your, on your client's plate, pun intended. Um, But you know, um, kind of the middle ground there, um, servings of, fruits and vegetables, servings of specific foods that you want them to either uh, focus on or be cutting out or or or, um, cutting back on a little bit, all the way down to like, hey, did you do what I asked? Yes or no? (laughs) I am am the bad guy in every one of our white label implementations because what happens is our partners come to us and they generally have a, a, I'd say a fairly complex, in a lot of cases, maybe program or protocol and I am always the one trying to slash the amount of work they're putting in front of their clients because it's, like I said, you, you don't have to make it complicated for them. Make it simple, simple, simple. That, that's the key to long-term engagement. 
you know, humanize on the front end and keep it simple for them to engage back with you. Because if you start requiring them to journal everything, you know, send you thousand word messages, you are just going to burn these people out, make it yeah. easy to make it easy for them. This confronts us, our, our team, to the extent that we literally had to add this to our, our values as a company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The last, last one of our company values is that we are simplifiers. This is basically a list of values we created, you know, at the beginning of the company and have refined over time. Like every nudge team member embodies these values. We literally added one because this comes up so often. (laughs) We are simplifiers because, you know, that's, we're creating a better experience for clients. If you zoom out, you know, all of this comes from the fundamental problem that existed before things like remote coaching, online mm-hmm. coaching tools like Nudge, um, where, you know, you meet with your client in person once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, God forbid, <clears throat> have a conversation about all the things you're asking them to do, um, all the things you want them to do next time. Did they do them over the last month or however long since you've seen them? And you have no way to fill in the gap and understand if they actually have been compliant or accountable. You're yep. going to get the head nod. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing what you wanted me to, if it's nutrition, no, I didn't have a cheeseburger, you know, like (laughs) all those things where you have always had in the back of your mind, like this client might be lying to me. I don't know. So (laughs) I'm sort of stuck feeling like, oh crap, I don't totally trust this client, even though I, that's potentially going to be a problem in our relationship, all these things. And you have no way to prove, you know, that they're, they're staying on track. This is, we're just filling that gap. We don't have to have every minute detail all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, can't say that. And and if there are a lot of if there are a lot of pieces, the last thing I'd say would just be, don't think you have to throw them at your client at once. If there are ten different behaviors you need to focus on during the course of your program, that's great. Don't throw all ten of them at, at them at one time. And there's like we have some partners. What they'll do is kind of each week have a singular focus and kind of rotate out. You know that maybe one tracker you have a you have the client focused on. Or like I said, if you do have a lot of things and, and they know there's a lot of things they're working on, make it easy for them to engage with you through the app. Those simple yes, no questions, multiple choice questions. Stay away as much as you can from the from requiring a person to detail every single thing about themselves. It's just, you're going to burn people out. Yeah. Last, last framing of that before I move on, kind of last quick tip here. Build the habit first before you start building in goals. Like one of the most requested feature in the history of features in the history of Nudge Coach is literally building goals into our system. And we're, we are launching that, by the way. But, you know, just note of caution, the most important thing is building the habit first. And that's going to make, you know, the process easier for your clients too at first before they maybe build into starting to want to hit those thresholds or targets. Um, be mindful of that. Again, the habit is what's forming the habit is what's going to create kind of compound benefits to your clients more so than, you know, hitting this goal, this one particular period. So that's just a a word of caution, something to a quick tip to keep in mind, at least a place to start before you start hitting those kind of, or shooting for those kind of high targets. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right. So let's get into that second C then um, communication. So and this is all about fitting kind of that, that um, actual, you know, back and forth with the client into the programmatic stuff you have built in, the accountability built in. And there's probably somewhat of a plan there already for this, but what are the key, keys here, Matt? Yeah, so I think uh, a couple of different things would be for one, 
making sure we're, we're kind of standardizing the communication. So in what I mean, I don't mean using cookie cutter messages or anything. I just mean getting to a point where you've set expectations of the client of like how frequently you're going to be having, you know, touching base with them. I think that's one thing. Two is going to be how this really back to the whole idea of kind of process and integration and how all this weaves together is trying to really weave your communication and touch points around the different kind of milestones you may have and the content you may have to help get a person to their goal. So for instance, if you're doing a, you know, 12 week program and you know, there's several specific milestones that occur throughout that journey, you know, your content is probably peppered through that to help kind of complement and get a person to those milestones. And I think it's also too, and this is overlooked by a lot of coaches that I, that I speak with is actually thinking about the types of touch points you would have with clients that you could start planning out knowing where a person was in that journey, because yes, some touch points should be, you know, personalized for sure, but not every touch point needs to be. And I think that's where, if you're thinking about kind of how you're sharing your content and where that can weave into your program, some of that messaging can actually be things that you've kind of created ahead of time and reused across clients. So that would just be as we kind of weave all that together around communication. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, doing the work of thinking through the communication up front and how you're going to, you know, communicate asynchronously if you're using text message or, you know, WhatsApp, Facebook, whatever it is, um, you know, understanding kind of your plan for that and saying, you know, all right, we're going to try to message twice a week or something like that. Having that, uh, that stake in the ground up front allows you to set expectations for your clients and avoid disappointing them through the process. Because if you think about it, client starts working with you. If you don't actually go out of your way to say, hey, this is what you know it's gonna look like, what the communication is gonna look like, then you're just setting yourself up for a situation where client A may come into the relationship imagining, oh, I have this communication channel open with this coach now. I can literally text them whenever I want to. And I, I'm, I mean, if I text my friend, I expect to hear back. So I'm going to expect them to get back to me immediately and I'll be disappointed if they don't. Well, I'd say you should commute like the actual, the, the way in which you communicate should be much like you do with a friend or family member in terms of kind of keeping it light, keeping it, I would say rule of a tweet, you know, keep it brief if you can. Um, I'd say in terms of like the, the flu, you know, the fluidness or the fluidity of kind of when you communicate with your friends and family, that should not be the guide for how you communicate. <laughs> so I love the idea of nice, really simple, personalized tech, like text, like messages. I, I, you know, you need to have more structure than that when you're working with clients, not just, Hey, we're connected. You can message me when you need it. That that's really not what remote or online coaching is. Yeah. If you don't set the expectations, the assumptions could be anywhere. Um, anywhere. Yeah. If you just have the conversation up front during onboarding, say, um, hey, just so you know, this communication channel is open. I'll always get back to you within X amount of time. Um, you know, I'm always responding to messages between X, you know, time A and time B. Um, I'm going to send you messages at least X amount of times a week. Those kinds of things. You put those, those flags in the ground you know, that's going to save you a lot of heartache down the line um, with, because you never know, you never know. Don't put yourself in a situation where what would be a great response time, like responding to someone first thing Monday morning, if they sent you a question Sunday morning um, to you, that might be a great response time to a client that hasn't had any expectations set for them. They, they might be thinking, why the hell hasn't this person responded to me all day Sunday? 
I can't believe they're letting me down here. Um, and all it took to avoid that feeling, that negative feeling is saying up front, Hey, if you message me on the weekends, I'll get back to you first thing Monday morning. Um, yep. Those expectations make a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing just what expectations and clean, you know, open lines of communication will do. So just a quick re- recap. So we talked about content, we talked about accountability, and we talked about communication. And then this fourth factor or element, if you will, which is the idea of how all that kind of integrates and that kind of weave together. So yeah, we're, if you're yeah. watching YouTube, we're actually showing the, the movement of weaving together with our hands. We have a hand symbol for the signal hand. for this, but not so much a word. <laughs> True, yeah. So we've got content, accountability, communication, and hand signals. So if you're, if you're only listening to the podcast right now, you're not getting that, unfortunately, the benefit of the YouTube channel. So everyone watching, there, there you go. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to touch on while we're here? I know we're about 10 days out from, or about nine days out from the launch. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So listen, if you're listening to this thinking, taking my program online sounds really freaking complicated. Um, having some structure like a system might help, um, putting it all in one place might help. Um, that's kind of where things are headed with nudge coach. Um, things will be, you know, up and running on February 1st for you on the, on the new update. So very exciting. There's aspects of the structure built into the system that'll help you kind of break up your content. I think It'll, the, the framing of, you know, fitting things into individual cards on a specific topic, getting people through the process, um, you know, things you can take advantage of. I hope it helps as much as we imagine it will in terms of the actual structure of things, but I know it will create a better experience for your clients. That's where I I am 100% confident. So can't wait to get that out there and in people's hands. The second piece, if you're thinking, hey, taking my program online might be a little bit confusing. I don't know where to start. Funny enough, we're rolling out a new iteration of the program builder mastermind where I'm literally going to guide you through it step by step. Um, and that starts right after we roll out the update, we're coming in really hot with it. So I'm literally going to have like a night to structure some of the content, um, that we're actually delivering through the app, which is going to be really fun to see, uh, how quickly we can do it. It's a real test to see how efficient the nudge system is. Um, but we're going to walk through, Hey, you know, got kind of a block on putting together the map of my program in the first place, how to break through that, how to break up that content, start to break it up into milestones, how to break those milestones up into individual cards that I deliver to my client throughout the, the experience. So that my whatever 12 week program is a great experience. It's easy to follow and actually gets clients to, to do what, what I want them to. Um, that whole process from A to Z we're going to walk through in really a couple of weeks of sessions. And um, I'm really excited about it. It's only 99 bucks to be a part of it, uh, which I think is the silliest deal that we've offered in a long time. <laughs> where, and where can people go? Is that just it's through the website, right? Isn't there a link just to the mastermind? Yep. So there's a link at the top of our website at nudgecoach.com. Yeah, actually click on the learning link at the top. That'll take you directly to it right now. Um, the URL for it, if you're going straight to it, is just get.nudgecoach.com slash mastermind. There we go. So yeah, definitely check that out. Appreciate y'all hopping on on a Friday um, at our new time and keep your eyes peeled for you know new time going live as well. So we will kick over to Instagram live here in a minute. So we do those after these podcasts as well. So if you want to be entertained and see, see us try to recap our sessions uh, at a little bit more of a, a raw standpoint, the way we go about it, 
check out Instagram live as well. That's right. Friday's around 10. Depends <laughs> on whenever we wrap up the podcast. <laughs> yep. uh, look out for Mac's Instagram. That's Mac, M-A-C underscore Gambill, G-A-M-B-I-L-L. I'm at Phil Bean on Twitter. All one word, P-H-I-L-B-E-E-N-E. It's hard to spell our names. Sorry right, about man. that. <laughs> ease, man. All right. All right. Anyway, thank you guys. We'll see you again next time.